Welcome back community, you're on this week with Pistol and because of last week we got so many positive comments with how good this guy was, um, we've brought him back and welcome to the podcast this week, Nicey. Hey Pistol, how you, how you been mate? Yep, very good this week, uh, fortunately I am actually having I think my first big, bigger week of the season. Um, Tracking only four players left, um, so actually on my way to uh, 2300 with Kelly on the bench. So I'm pretty pleased with myself so far this week. Um, obviously, a lot can happen <laughs> in the last couple of games. Uh, how's your weekend going, Nicey? Uh, on the flip side, mate, bit of a shocker this week. I've had uh, Garlet on my field with 21, uh, Savage 58. Omira traded, and we'll have a chat later on about that. I'm sure you won't let me live that up one up with a 56 and uh, and Lance Franklin 48 as well. So uh, not tracking too great, but hopefully still on track for two one two two would uh, would be nice. That sounds like that would be a great score this week. I feel like this week's been very divisive. You've either you've hit the jackpot this week or you've done very poorly. There's not that many in between, but. Again, we'll see how the, the remainder of the games go. Let, let's jump straight in here nicely, um, and we'll talk about the recap, because we actually have uh, two of the other games to get through this week. Um, the, the teams have been announced for the Melbourne, Richmond, and Collingwood Essendon game, so we've got a, a little bit extra to do in this podcast, so we'll jump straight into the Swans-Crows games. Did you manage to catch this one at all nicely? Didn't matter, was it uh, at work <laughs> while uh, while this one was on? But um, yeah, good uh, good result for the Crows in the end. It's uh, twice now this season. Both uh, both Adelaide teams, Sydney, have lost to it. Their fortress, the SCG. So that's an interesting little uh, little point there. No, that is that is very interesting. I'm, I'm not sure uh, the Swans usually don't lose at home, so it's a little bit interesting, um, especially given Buddy can kick a goal from absolutely anywhere on the field, yet he struggled so poorly this week. He only scored a 48. Is this is this something where we should, you know, jump on him ASAP because, you know, this is the time where he has a bad game and you want to get him before the next 180? Or is this a sign of, uh, you know, Buddy's inconsistent, maybe we should consider other options? Uh, good, yeah, good question, Pistol. I think, look, it's a bit of both. As, I, as you know, I've said this before on other podcasts, but... Um, those key forwards, they're going to have those down weeks. Um, unfortunately, Buddy's came this week. He was looking uh, looking very imposing. Hopefully, he pounces back next week. I don't know about um, don't know about jumping on him just yet. There's another another player in Sydney's forward line that we'll have a chat about. I think he's probably the one to jump on if you don't have him. But um, yeah, look, Buddy, not really a cause for concern. Obviously, a disappointing week this week, but he's still uh, still second in the Coleman Medal. Um, for this year with 18 goals, and uh, yeah, I think we we stick fat with Franklin and. Um, just see how he goes next week. Yeah, I mean, just jump on him when he gets cheap. It's probably two weeks away. If we'll see how he scores the next coming weeks. If he, if he has back-to-bank stinkers, he's going to be really cheap. So um, something to keep an eye on next week. But we will talk about uh, the other Sydney forward. That's Isaac Heaney. He scored 123 from only 19 possessions, but everything he did was just incredibly good. I'm talking 11 contested possessions. I think he had like four contested marks. Um, used the ball at 84%. Everything the guy touched, you know, he, he was just bulk super coach points. And it's kind of at this stage now where he hasn't dropped below 100 and he doesn't really look like he's going to drop below 100. And you're just going to have to work out a way of forking up the cash and getting him in nicely. I think, would he be your number one priority forward? Or I mean, we'll talk about Gray later, but um, do you reckon he's number one? Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna, I was gonna say Gray as well, um, but yeah, no, absolutely. And and Heaney, he's just turned it around since uh, since the preseason. He he worried a lot of people off, myself included. But um, 104, his lowest score of the year, coming in round three. That was, um, but yeah, just hasn't dropped below 100 and doesn't look like going uh, going below either. But um, touch wood. Hopefully he uh, you know keeps that up. And um, yeah, I'm I'm thinking that Heaney will be on a lot of people's radars for for this week and the and the coming weeks as well. Yeah, I'm happy to say officially that I was dead wrong, completely wrong. Uh, I don't say that very often, so fortunately, Jesus <laughs> not on this this podcast. Otherwise, he'd take a soundbite of it. So um, <laughs> he's not going to be able to now because I'm going to delete all evidence of this afterwards, and don't think he's going to have time to listen to this one. So we got away with that one nicely. Um, obviously, <laughs> unless Jesus on this podcast, but you'll tell me by uh, maybe sneaking in. Sneaking and calling me Chizo once again on this podcast. So well, that's yet to be decided. But uh, <laughs> Luke Parker for the Swans, people traded him in after the first two weeks because he looked like he was get- getting back to that 115 average um, of years past. But 
I mean, there's not much to describe him. He's he scored 75 this week. I mean, he's been a bit poo nicey. He, that's that's the nicest way I'm, <laughs> I'm going to describe it. He's been a bit poo. He's been a bit what? He's a bit been poo. a bit poo. I mean, okay. how do you see Luke Parker this year? Oh, look, as you said, he's... I think I think that's being a bit harsh for him, to be honest, I think, Pistol. He's had, as you said, the first two scores, uh, 149 in week one and 105. A lot of people would have traded him at that point. Um, look, scores of 83, 94, and 75. It's n- Yes, say you'd, it. Be, you'd be... Say it. Say it. <laughs> it's a little bit poo. Yes. Um, yes. Especially, if, especially if you'd traded him in uh, after, after round two. But... You know he he's not too bad uh, at that as you know I, I said he's still he's still serviceable um, and I just think we we stick by Luke Parker if you've if you've traded him in the side but uh, might be a bullet that you've dodged if you didn't uh, didn't go down that path. Well, Swans do have they've have had a really tough draw. I mean that was my whole opening uh, spiel about you know not starting with Heaney because they just have an incredibly tough draw to start the year. But they're pretty much coming out the other side of that. I mean they've got Geelong. Um, next week, but after that, you know they've got North Melbourne, who are sh- they're like a top four side at the moment. So I shouldn't say yeah. North Melbourne are easy, but um, when when you're looking at the teams before the bye, I mean they're they're playing Hawthorne, Brisbane, Carlton, Saints. Like you know they're not playing the the best quality of team. So um, Lukey Parker is somebody that when he's going, he goes massive, and he could be pumping out 120 across the board there. Um, I think you're probably worthwhile just waiting and seeing and. Worst case scenario, if he's still being a little bit poo by by round fourteen, uh, maybe then you can give him a flick. But at the moment, I am definitely firmly in the in the hold camp. But let's switch switch sides to the the crows. Um, do they again a hundred points solid? I mean, we weren't really concerned about that. Um, Paul Seedsman, I see he scored one hundred and fifteen. Um, is he going to be a relevant super coach option this year? Or you know, what are your thoughts on Seedsman? I'm not sure Seedsman's going to be a relevant super coach option uh, ever. I think he's a little bit too inconsistent uh, for my liking. I've had him a couple of years ago, and and he does tend to produce those good games, but there's just too many too many in different games in between. Um, it was good on the weekend, 18, uh, 18 kicks and eight handballs. So I like that. Uh, you know, I like a good kick to handball ratio. Pistol yep. Um, yep. kicked a goal as well and had twelve contested possessions, um, but. Yeah, I just don't think in the long run that Seasman's a relevant option, and I, I yeah don't think uh, don't think we'll be talking about him too much this year. I mean, he's just such a poor user of the ball. So I mean, there's been games this season where he scored you know 70 super coach, but he's had a hundred dream team just because he uses it um, so poorly. So um, he's not quite on my radar, but. I mean, you can, yeah, I mean, it's not on my radar, so just move on from there. Um, But what about the man, Bryce Gibbs? He's been massive all season. He copped a bit of a tag by Hewitt this week, and he managed to only score 59 supercoach points. Um, Nicey, do you think he's somebody that we should be jumping on in the next couple of weeks before his price rockets back up? Or is this now that he's been tagged and also successful, uh, do you expect him to be tagged more often in the future? Um, yeah, potentially, potentially going to get tagged more in the future. Obviously, depends who else is uh, is lined up. Uh, you know, Sloan and, and the Crouch brothers, uh, whether they're alongside him or not. But um, j- let's just see how much he goes down this week because he he hadn't dropped below a hundred before this point in time. Um, if he has another couple of good games, his value might not change all that much. You're probably the 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 money man uh, to talk <laughs> about that with Pistol. But um, yeah, I, Gibbs is probably not one I'd be. I'd be jumping on unless he sort of gets down around that 500k mark, but I don't think he's quite going to get that low. We'll wait and see how he goes over the next couple of weeks. But um, again, another primo that has been performing well all year and and one bad score, you, you'll you know you'll take it at this point in time. Yeah, I think that's going to be the theme of this week's podcast. Obviously, as we said, it was a hit and miss week, so that's because the consistent players have you know, put in a stinker or two. So, um, yeah, there'll be a lot of these players where we're, we're waiting and seeing in the next couple of weeks if they're going to back it up with a big game or they're going to have uh, two poor ones in a row and really drop to a, a very low price because at the end of the day, um, I hardly want to spend another 600K on Bryce Gibbs. Uh, obviously, exactly. there's more value um, getting these players that could score similarly, like Zach Merritt, who's, you know, it's going to be like 480K or something. Um, 
I probably would rather take the punt and save 100k there. So, um, Nicey, how about we move on to the next game? It was your boys, the Saints mob, drawing with uh, GWS. Now, you obviously watched this game, so just spill your guts. Tell me, was it a free or was it not a free at the end of the game? There's a lot of talk about um, should Jakey Carlisle have taken that mark? Should he have been? Uh, should Phil Davis have uh, copped a free against him? I'm of the opinion that if Jack Stephen just had have uh, chiselled that one down about a metre or so and put it on Carlisle's chest that we wouldn't be having this conversation. But uh, I love my boy Jackie. I love the mullet. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to blame him. Saints fans, we will absolutely take a draw against GWS at this point in time. Very, uh, very spirited performance from the boys, and I think that's all we want to see. doesn't matter about the result, Pistol. We just want a good performance from our teams, don't we? Well, that's good. I really uh, appreciate the passion because... It's been, I guess it's disappeared in the last couple of weeks for all the Saints fans I know. They've they've kind of hidden hidden behind a rock uh, and given up on the season. So they, they were out in full force during this week. So it'll be interesting to see how they go next week. But I think the biggest story of the day was Jack Billings. He scored 85 Supercoach points. He did go his usual one goal three. Is he can't kick at goal nice. He can't. He's just so frustrating watching him miss set shot after set shot. Oh, God, nice. Well, what, what's he got to do? Well, it's not Billy. He found the ball this week, which was good. He had the 12 kicks, 8, eight handballs, so 20 touches all up. As he said, one goal, three. Uh, can't kick at goal, but also went at 60%. Um, so it's it's not just his kicking at goal that means work. I think it's his uh, his ball use in general. Um, he was played 94% game time and only, only return... Uh, 85 points it's it's uh, very disappointing um, but look he's on the up and I, I did reverse my trades I know he said last week I'd raid tra- rage traded he and Armitage um, Billings found his way back into my side this week I had bigger bigger concerns um, but yeah again it's just going to be it's a bit of a wait and see game with Billings um, just uh, yeah if he can he can convert some more of those set shots he, he converts that score of 85 into 100 so I'm not all that concerned if he's finding the ball and if he just starts to use it a bit better um, from a super coach and from a St Gilda perspective. I think uh, I think that's what most people want to see. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And I think 85 this week I'll take from Billings. I was expecting him over this tough run of games for Saints to to do very very poorly. Um, and he might be somebody that's worthwhile even jumping on. I know it sounds completely strange, but. If, if you're going to pay sub 400k if he gets there uh, to a sub 400k mark and these forward rookies are scoring so poorly that you just need to get a player on your field um, that has top six forward potential from this point onwards, he might be worthwhile if he does get below uh, 400k to, to jump on, but maybe we'll have to play that one by ear and, and really judge how he's going in the next couple of weeks. Um, but Nicey, for the Saints, there was another player who surely you were a bit disappointed because I know that you're uh, you do own him. 58 points for Shane Savage. This was his worst game of the entire season. Uh, why do you think that he scored this poorly, Nicey? Don't know why, mate. I was, as, as you said, I was watching the game pretty closely and, he, you know, he's just playing a standard role off halfback, but um, couldn't really get... Uh, couldn't really get a touch, really. He had only had the 14 touches uh, and five contested possessions. Um, he's actually fifth, uh, fifth in the competition for uncontested possessions, so he's not uh, he's not a high uh, contested possessions player, and that's not where he gets his points from. Um, just unfortunate that uh, yeah, he couldn't touch the ball. Like you said, like I said, I don't know why uh, he couldn't do that this week, uh, especially with uh, with Robin and not being there. Maybe that sort of influenced. Um, you know his uh, his inability to get the ball um, from our other intercept players, but um, yeah, not too short. Geez, done uh, <laughs> <laughs> again. It was going to happen. It was going to happen. Uh, not too sure, Pistol. Uh, oh. Why? Uh, why that's uh, why that's the case. Look, just just call me Cheezo. If it's just that much easier for you, I'll uh, I'll call myself Cheezo for the rest of the podcast. You know what we should do? We should we should have a, a nicey kind of a nicey Cheezo tax. Um, we might need to get you going for some donations every time you call somebody Cheezo. That's not actually no, Cheezo. Mate, that's, it's not a bad idea because, I, as as uh, our listeners know, I've got uh, Fife as the 
as my uh, cancer cancel tax, and he's he's flying at the moment. So uh, yeah, that might be it. Might be a good little idea there, Pistol. I like it. You might be uh, bankrupt though by the end of next week, uh, depending on how the rest of the podcast goes. So we'll have to we we'll have to play that one by ear because you might be in trouble very early. I cor- I did correct myself. In fairness to me, I, I have I have corrected myself. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to give you a pat on the back for that, but let's move on to the, I'm sorry, the GW. That's all right, the GWS side. Uh, so, Canelio is just doing Canelio things and, and scoring well every week, so there's not too much to worry about there. Finlayson is in the same boat. He's such a good rookie. He's just such a gun. He's scoring so well, nicely. Um, yeah, there's no no concerns there, but the, the biggest concern, and it's another one of those, oh no... They've had a poor week. It's Toby Green. He scored 55 points. Is Toby at this stage somebody that you reckon you want to get in on the cheap? Or just is his past history, you know, his, uh, we'll call it suspension risk, his injury risk this year, is it just too much? Is it not worthwhile jumping on him? Or is it, as I said before, when you need to get all these forward rookies off, is this somebody that you're looking to bring in ASAP? Well, prior to the start of the season, I had him in the same boat as Sicily, I think. Obviously, his uh, his plus side is very very high, um, but obviously, you know, he he's going to do a few stupid things like Sicily has done. Like we will talk about Sicily later in the podcast. Oh, no. um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, pistol. Uh, but yeah, Toby Green, fifty five this week, uh, followed up from a ninety three the week before and one hundred and thirty one. So obviously, the potential's there. Um, Interesting, Toby Green, he's he's actually coming first in goal assists per game uh, and in score involvements per game this year. So he's he's in and around it. Um, be nice if he could uh, convert a few of those uh, those goals uh, to help his scoring. But yeah, Toby Green, not one that I would be looking to jump on just yet. Let's, uh, let's wait and see on him again. I'm just such a big Toby Green fan that I think if you can get him on the cheap, he's just so high risk, high reward. That for me, um, I guess I'm, I'm somewhat safe, but not with Toby Green and not with Sicily. I guess I'm not a safe player. It's just happened this way. Um, Toby Green is somebody that I'd be looking at getting in because he can score so bloody well. Just so much. His scoring potential is just outrageous. And if you can get massive value on getting him on the cheap, then you know if I was choosing a, between a 450k Billings and a 450k Toby Green, I'd, I'd probably still be leaning towards Green just because. You know, I'm more confident on him averaging 100 from from this point onwards. But you know, let's let's just move on to the Carlton Carlton versus uh, West Coast game. It was the big guns that turned up for the Blues. We got Cripps scoring 151 and Cade Simpson scoring 142, which is just unbelievably huge uh, for the, the the two Blues. But it was the other midfielder, the other Blues midfielder that we talked about last week. You actually mentioned him. You brought him up uh, to my attention. Ed Kerno, nicey, another 126 points this week. What do you make of his season so far? Well, I uh, yeah, I did uh, did bring that up last week. Thanks for thanks for that one, Pistol. Um, he's cracked the ton three times now this year. High score of 148, and he's doubled up on his 126 from last week as well. Um, it's Kerno's one percenters that have been the most impressive. He's actually leading the competition for total tackles, Pistol. Um, so that obviously those that helps his scoring uh, substantially. Um, but he he just had another fantastic game, and and you know what else can you say about him? He's he's just having a having a breakout season. Um, and yeah, yeah, kicking goals. I mean, it's firstly I'm going to commend you on your. your- you're popping out all these stats on the last two players I've mentioned, which has taken me by surprise. So it's a good job, good job over there. You're doing doing really well, nicely. Uh, I think people forget that this is like your fifth podcast or something, or fourth podcast. So you've you've done done really well. So I'm very <laughs> impressed. Uh, just a bit of a mid mid podcast feedback for you um, in front of everybody as well. Thanks, so. uh, I've got to try and try got to try and keep up with you boys. <laughs> so I think um, yeah, you're right. He's somebody there that if you. If you're looking for a sneaky draft player, someone um, that might be trying to you know, sell him at their highest value because they're expecting the drop-off. I'm not sure Ed Kerno is going to drop off. Without mm. Gibbs, there's just a lot of room for him in that midfield. He's getting all the midfield time in the world. And I know Murphy's out, but 
even when Murphy was playing, Ed Kerner was was scoring this well. So well, and remember as well, I was just going to say, remember as well, um, Paddy Cripps is going to cop the tag. Um, he was tagged this week um, by uh, Redden. Um, still managed the 151, but yeah, Kerno's not going to be getting the attention that um, that Cripps and Murphy will be getting. Yeah, that's exactly right. So kind of sneaky one. I think more for your draft than for actual super coach. But then again, if he keeps scoring this well, well you never exactly, know. Exactly. Yeah. You're not you're not going to rule it out. I mean, they've got the first by the round, not the first by because they don't play for Porto Gold Coast, but they've got the early round twelve by. So you can kind of just wait until then, and if he happens to be you know averaging 110 till that point, he's gone through half the season scoring like that. He might be a little bit of a sneaky sneaky pick, but I nearly said sneaky kick, um, which actually was a perfect segue to Kate Simpson. Geez, nicey, he had. 30 kicks and one handball is that that must be that's close to that's Heath Shaw records right there 30 kicks and one handball um have you I mean that's just incredible oh absolutely and uh speaking a little bit of mid uh mid podcast feedback mate that's the best uh best little segue there of uh of the year so well so well done on that one yeah no uh fantastic from um from Simpson uh he's really really um repaying the faith in those that uh, that picked him at the start of the year um, with uh, obviously Doherty going out um, 142 points you'd uh, you'd obviously take that any day of the week and and probably uh, a lot of boys looking um, uh, depending on how Hibbard goes this week might be a an, again another trade in uh, trade in option as as he has been for a few weeks now but yeah, just firming de- definitely I think Simo as we've been saying every podcast after week one or even, yeah pretty much after week one he's he's going to be a top you know, three defender. So uh, just get him in when you can. He's going up in price now. So if you were trying to wait because he had a, a bit of a poor game previously, you're, you, it's just not going to happen. Kind yeah. of like Elliot no, Yo didn't drop in price. You've, you've well, I mean, speaking of Elliot Yo, jeez, that one snuck up on me. That wasn't even a, that was a little <laughs> bit of a surprise. And I see Elliot Yo again, 114 super coach points. He's only gone below the ton once this season, and it was 27 points. So that's going to get out of his rolling average um, at the conclusion of this week, which means that you're either getting him this week or mm. he's going to skyrocket like 30, 40, 50K. I'm not too sure because obviously the break-evens uh, haven't had yet to be updated. So he is playing as a at the moment a genuine inside midfielder. He had 17 contested possessions, and... He's he's going to be a top six defender again. So he's somebody that I think is high on most people's most people's list, especially because he has that you know that ceiling that other defenders just don't have. Um, I mean, he's got the floor that they don't have as well. But he's certainly at the top of everybody's list. But let's talk about another West Coast player, Nick Natanui. He's playing on average fifty five percent game time. They said in the coming weeks he's going up to seventy percent game time. If you have a ruckman, if you still have someone like Cruiser or you have somebody like Goldstein who's underperforming, which ruckman I mean we are talking about Nick Nat, but feel free to jump in with any other suggestions while we're here. Which ruckman would you be leaning towards getting? Which ruckman across the whole competition? At, if you could pick one Ruckman to trade for Cruiser if you held him, or, I mean, you don't have to trade Goldstein, but if you were planning on trading Goldstein and you had your choice of the Ruckman, which one would you be grabbing? Uh, I think Brody Grundy's still still my number one man. Stefan Martin maybe even above Nat Nui at the moment as well. But um, Nat Nui, for the amount of game time that he's played, um, currently ranked sixth in, sixth in total hitouts across the competition. So he's uh, he's flying, and, and if, if it is true that he goes up and, and starts playing sort of 70... 70 plus percent game time um he might definitely be one to to keep an eye on uh for sure and and if you started him well well done yeah you're um, laughing <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so it's interesting to note that if he gets up to 70 percent game time scoring at the rate that he's scoring he's going to end up being you know the, pretty much a top scoring player in the game so that's absolutely yeah. insane well, and that's the thing, and he only had the eight touches on the weekend as well. So f- to return 103 points from eight touches, and uh, and the 26 hitouts as well, he's uh, he's doing well. Uh, 60. Uh, what have we got? Sorry, 57% game time this week. So uh, yeah, imagine what he's going to be like if he starts hitting that 70% game time. Well, the thing is, if 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 you did hold Cruiser because you you played uh, Timmy English, which I know some people did um, in this week, I think. 
for me, you're either you're either getting the best of the best, you're getting Grundy, or you're going to be getting Nick Knapp because if he continues, you know, extrapolate this data out a bit, you know, he's going to be averaging 125 per game, which no other ruckman is going to get near, and that's just insane, especially at his his price. And obviously, he might cop a rest, but if you can afford to if have cover, I don't know if you've got Tim English and you're willing to hold him as cover the entire season, um, you know, play him, kind of keep him as your F7, then Nick Nat would be even more appealing to me. But yeah, I, I just think the potential he has now, now that we've seen him play and West Coast are flying at the moment as well. Um, and obviously they're, they're hardly going to rest him if they're pushing for finals as well. So you've got to take into consideration how West Coast are doing and they're doing very well. So everything's, leading towards, uh, you know, lean towards getting Nick Nats uh, sooner rather than later. Mm. There was a first gamer, Nicey, that played for West Coast. I shouldn't say first gamer, but um, super coach perspective, first game of this year. Uh, Tom Cole, he was high up on most people's list in the preseason because he, he scored quite well as a defender. But unfortunately, his father passed away right before round one. So he hasn't actually played since then. But... He was looking like he was clearly in their best 22 at that point in time. Now, his price at 170k, so he is quite an expensive defender, but he scored a 98, 90, 98 which is huge. Um, and look, it's probably the worst position because we've got all of these expensive defender rookie options, but if he's going to be scoring these type of numbers, um, is he somebody that we're going to end up having to maybe cop out an early Norton downgrade for, for example? Yeah, good question. Um, again, it's it's another one of these price brackets pistol that I'm, I'm not overly fond of. And he's only got, uh, what's he got, seven games under his belt now. So I'll be looking at him over the next couple of weeks, but he's, he's not one that I'm jumping on. Obviously, as you said, a 98 uh, is a fantastic, uh, fantastic score for the first game back. Um, and he had the 19 disposals, but... Yeah, I'm. I'm just going to hold off, but I know there'll be other people that uh, that absolutely jump on him um, in the coming weeks. Yeah, and uh, I think that's. Yeah, let's just wait and see how Norton goes next week, especially before we we judge on what to do as well as the other um, backline rookies. And speaking of backline rookies, let's jump into the uh, Port Power and Geelong Cats game. Riley Bonner, another disappointing 64 points, nicey. Has his time come to be culled, or should we be waiting to get rid of him at his buy? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure on Bonner. Um, it's it's just a it's an awkward uh, awkward time um, for for Bonner. I think um, if you started with him at the start of the year, you'd be you'd be wrapped. But um, again, another one that if you brought in after round two, um, that you'd be a little bit disappointed with. Um, obviously. Without the numbers in front of me, I think there's probably still going to be value there. Is that right, Pistol? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of plateaued, but it's not like he can't score high again and, and make even more money. But yeah, you, you can say there's still value there. Yeah. Look, it's one that's... Uh, it depends on the structure of your side. If, he, if he's probably in your D5, D6, fine. He, he's scoring fine. Um, but if he's if he's up there as your sort of... You know, to use my team as, as an example, uh, a D three sort of thing, a Shane Savage type uh, type role, then you're probably looking to move him on. Well, look, I think uh, with the emergence of David Mira, an 102k rookie, who I'd say is still likely to play his third game next week, um, if his names, you might just want to bank the cash because Mira is 102k, and you can you can gain. Mm a lot of money doing that and then you could maybe make an upgrade in your forward line to get one of the poor forward rookies off your field so I think that's going to be a really popular trade and speaking of trying to get the forward rookies uh, off your field nicely Robbie Gray has absolutely blitzed the competition um, at the moment he is smashing it he had 32 possessions this is coming off a massive game last week or 16 contested and 10 clearances now he scored 137 super coach this is you know, he's come from 145 to 137. He's just absolutely smashing it in the forward line at the moment. Do you think it's worthwhile grabbing him ASAP, or is he someone that you're also waiting to to grab um, around after his buy or around the buy time? No, as you know, uh, Pistol, I'm a pretty patient uh, 
pretty patient supercoach player and like to wait on people, but Robbie Gray is absolutely one of the players that is on my radar, and I'm sort of I'm spewing that I didn't bring him in this week. Um, but he's, yeah, he's flying, and he's now ranked as the fourth uh, fourth highest uh, supercoach player in the competition. So uh, absolutely one that I'm looking to bring in right away, um, and if you've started him, I, uh, yeah, I'm envious of your, of your side. Well, uh, cause if, if you started him, he didn't play in the first round, so you probably no, are well, not you, so envious. Yeah. No, no, probably, no, not if you, yeah, you know what I mean, Pistol. I do know what Come you on. mean. Come um, on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, absolutely, Robbie Gray is one that I'm, I'm looking to bring in right away. So, I think the issue with that is people see his scores. He scored 145 and 137, so his break-even is going to be very small next week, and everyone's jumping mm. up and down, but... You know who he plays next week, don't you, Nicey? Give us the give us the stats, cheese uh, pistol. No, oh, another cheese call. What, what, uh, he's playing Ben Jacobs. He's getting the tag. He's just going to cop it next week. He, this isn't the week to bring him in. You you can't. You surely can't bring in a primo that's going to be tagged by Ben Jacobs. I mean, Gray is a bit more unique in that he can play. He's just going to play forward for the entire game, and. Jacobs is probably going to have to move off him because he's not going to be able to defend Robbie Gray one, one versus one. So he might do okay, but at the same time, we've seen Robbie Gray play forward for a whole game and you know score in the 30s. So yeah, probably yeah. a bit too risky to grab now. But if he does have a stinker um, on that Ben Jacobs tag, then he's going to be prime, like prime price to pick up um, right after his buy. So I think for the more patient people, that would be the, the go-to move. So let's move on to uh, the Geelong Cats because in terms of timing, like Robbie Gray, there seems to be uh, an opportune time to get him in a couple of weeks. Patrick Dangerfield, 135 super coach, 28 possessions, 15 contested. They play back-to-back games at the Cattery. Now, is it Dangerfield time, Nicey, or are we still waiting to, for him to drop a bit more in price? I'm probably waiting on Dangerfield to drop a little bit more in price. Hasn't dropped uh, below the 100 mark. He's got uh, two scores above 130, so he's um, he's doing well. Um, but you would be you'd be disappointed if you paid 750 for him. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, one that I'm probably going to hold off on and and wait and see. That said, Cats are going to be missing Joel Selwood next week, Ablett as well, um, and obviously. Um, you know, along with all their other injuries, but yeah. um, just be interesting to see how Danger goes next week. He might might tear this next game to shreds. Well, he did have to play more forward this week because Tom mm. Hawkins was out. Um, he definitely did start there for about the first ten minutes of the game until he got right, you know, moving through the midfield. But next week, you can't imagine him playing forward with with all these injuries around him and suspensions exactly. to, to Selwood. Both Selwoods actually are probably you'd say yeah. not going to play. Yeah. So Dangerfield in the midfield, it's in my eyes, back-to-back games at the Cattery, it's pretty much tempting to say it's, uh, you know, get him in. It's it's Dangerfield time. We're here. We've waited for this moment, and, you know, now's the time to shine. And uh, I think, you know, that's probably going to be um, big in terms of if Selwood's out, we're probably going to see a debut. Uh, I'm guessing, I'm just, you know, uh, speculating here that Charlie Constable's probably going to be the one uh, that comes in on the cat side. They were talking up massively last week, and then he was an emergency. He didn't play, and and Constable seemingly in the JLT was a really really good scorer. So I'm super excited if he does get named to play his first game next week. I think this kid is going to be the answer in our midfield um, when we when we need that downgrade option. Um, no pressure to Charlie Constable, but I reckon uh, he's the real deal and we're going to get another really good young Geelong midfield scorer, Nicey. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm very, very eager to see Charlie Constable um, go around as well. He's uh, had a really consistent year in the um, NAB AFL under 18 championships last year and, um, yeah, looking forward to, to seeing him in action uh, in the big leagues. So talking of uh, midfield rookies, let's jump into the Fremantle Dockers game. Now, Andrew Brayshaw actually uh, did well this week, Nicey. He he scored 62 and he looked a lot better. What did you make of his game? 62 is a is a better game, is it? Uh, is it Pistol? Oh, well. For a, for a 200,000 uh, 200, K rookie, you, he, you're happy with 62? He, he didn't drop in price. He made his break even. So is it not, you know, an upwards trend? No, it is an upwards trend, and and good on him. He's uh, he's obviously going to be one for the future. But um, 
yeah, again, just um, probably going to be going to be better value there with uh, with these players like Constable and those um, those sort of players coming through. I'd be looking to downgrade and bank a bank hundred k if I had Brayshaw. Um, he's um, he's ranked second among the rising star in stars in total tackles uh, at the moment. So he's you know he's doing his bit uh, when he doesn't have the ball in hand. But um, yeah, let's just look at uh, I'd I'd be looking at anyway at banking the cash and moving moving him on uh, right about now. Well. I'm obviously uh, against. I think I've made my position clear on Twitter and on all of the podcasts that I think 62. Who knows if he goes 70 next week, then the the break break even's going to reset, and you're just going to be able to make make money. It's a slow moving game. We've got plenty of time to the buys. His job security looks really solid, and you know there's there's no real rush at the moment. No one, no rookies bursting through that's is screaming pick me and. You know, Bailey Banfield's also doing his job, and we'll see which one of them's ripe um, to downgrade, you know, at, at the right time. But um, it was more of the, the premiums in this game that I want to focus on for the Dockers. Fife, I mean, he's unbelievable, Nicey. Did you, did you manage to captain him? I did. He was uh, he was my loophole loophole captaincy option. He had the VC on him, and I've, I've definitely, um, definitely taken his score of 151. Um, He's uh, yeah, just a, a beast, as you were saying before. Five is life, um, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, absolutely, just unwavering in in uh, my uh, my backing of Nat Five, and he's he's done me done me well. I don't uh, unfortunately for the anti cancer cancel, I, I don't have to um, to fork out for them this week. But uh, one fifty one couldn't be couldn't be happier with uh, with Five's performance. Um, Forty three possession game and, and a goal with uh, with eighty seven percent game time. Yeah, I mean, he just had a massive performance, and um, I'm no Lahug's captain's choice, but uh, on the Thursday podcast, I did suggest Fife as my captain, number one captaincy option for the week, so um, I was pretty pleased with myself. I can't say I've got too many captaincy choices right this year, so um, I was pretty happy with, with Fife, and I was quite confident in him as well, so um, that was a great pick, and Let's uh, look at Michael Walters. He kicked five goals, 98 supercoach points. I mean, I feel like you kick five goals, usually you score more than 98 supercoach points, but um, it was a, a flogging, so um, nothing too unusual. Lockie Neal, again, intrigues every single week. We get so many messages. Should I trade him? Should I not trade him? But Lockie Neal, just, he, he's, he's peppering the ton. You know, he's got a 98, 99, and now he's got 100. He, he's not doing enough for you to say, I'm going to trade him out. Like, he's not doing enough wrong, I should say. He's doing just enough where you kind of hold him and you you hope he's going to break out. But, Nicey, do you, do you think the best choice for Neil owners would be just to reassess him at his buy and, and just take it from there? Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, a, he's a cause for concern, but not not a reason for alarm, I guess, if that makes any sense. Um He's he's hit the hundred for the first time this year, um, and and barely he he got it on the head a uh, hundred, um, but it's his ball use pistol that's letting him down. He's he's ranked fourth in the competition for total disposals. Why why is that score not translating? Can you can you break that down a little bit for us? Well, I mean you you pretty much said it yourself. His his just disposal efficiency is just so woeful that even though he's getting the ball, he's not doing it. In, He's not doing anything with it. He's not damaging. He's not getting it at the right time. I mean, there's enough, as you said, if he's fourth in the AFL for total disposals, there's enough there that makes me think you just have to hold and hope for the best at this stage. Just reassess at the buy. Um, and, yeah, we'll just... You can't really say anything more. But, nicely on the, on the Bulldog side, Toby McLean, he had his first poor game for the year. Is this a cause for concern? Because every Bulldog player pretty much scored terribly. Is this something that's going to happen multiple times throughout the season? Like, should I be worried, even though Toby McLean has absolutely dominated the start of the season, should I be worried that Bulldogs are just going to get smacked um, more times throughout the season? We're going to see, you know, they had only one player crack the ton. Is this going to happen more often this year, Nicey? Um, I wouldn't have thought so. They've they've been smacked in in the other games that he's scored well in. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a big uh, big worry for owners, um, especially for ones like me that have that have traded him in at uh, at uh, yeah your uh, your recommendations pistol. But um, you've been very very much uh, very much around around McLean all year. What's what's happened? What's going on? Just the Bulldogs form or what? No, I mean I've I've been. Uh... Obviously, very pleased with his output. Not that I own him, but uh, JB 
has definitely been in my ear for the entire season, saying how great uh, McLean is as a pick. But I don't know. This game it feels ominous to me. I, I think Bulldogs, look, they, they lost a 50 in Perth, which is obviously a tough assignment. Yeah. But they, they look so susceptible to leaking these massive scores. And I'm just really concerned that they're going to go through a patch where you know, near the end of the year where they're just getting absolutely dominated and everyone's going to score poorly and just makes me really think very carefully before I get any Bulldogs assets. I know Toby McLean has scored well in the losses, but I just feel like I can't grab him until after their buy and just to have a larger sample size. I mean, it's not even... Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the next three weeks, they've got Carlton, Gold Coast and Brisbane. I mean... For crying out loud, you, you couldn't pick three better sides that you'd want to play. Um, yeah. So all the, all the Bulldog assets, um, assets are actually going to score, you'd think are going to score really well for the next coming weeks. But yeah, I can't seem to shake this, this ominous feeling that in these big heavy losses that this is going to be something that happens more often. So for me, I might wait until the buy to grab uh, Toby McLean. But, you know, if you can afford to get him right before these three big games, I mean... It, I'd still say it's a, it's a high percentage play. Like it's more likely to turn out yeah. than not, and I wouldn't really be judging, um, you know, what the take my gut feel over the high percentage play. I, I wouldn't wouldn't really suggest that. So uh, you got to do no, what you got to do, nicey. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I th- I think if uh, if you don't have him in your side, that's that's a fair enough assumption. And and if you do, then it's not a not a big big deal and, and as you said they've got a good run coming up so let's just see how he goes in those three games well I'm more interested to see how it sounds silly but I'm more interested to see how Ed Richards goes because he looked really promising in his second game when he scored 81 and he last week he played one good quarter and got up to a 65 and this week he was just quite poor with with a 44 I mean he had nine touches in the second quarter but outside of that you know, he had six possessions for the the rest of the game, um, and he didn't look too good. So I'm wondering, I'm hoping he doesn't get dropped, but um, I just wanted to make a bit more cash. So hopefully in the next couple of games with an easier draw, they get to chip it around the back a bit and there's less pressure on him, um, fingers crossed. But Norton as well scored very well for Norton, given we expected him to, you know, average like 40 after the first couple of weeks. He scored another 62. So he's making a lot of cash, which is making um, all of us very, very happy. Um, Nicey, do you want to maybe talk us through the, the North Melbourne Hawks game? Maybe maybe talk to us about the uh, tribunal results. Uh, well, not tribunal results, but the uh, the charges that have been laid from this game. Well, uh, let's see. What have we got? Um, Burton got off, which was good um, for his hit on Higgins, which saw Higgins miss the rest of the game. We've got to have a chat about Higgins' uh, pistol. <laughs> we've, uh, well, we've Got a little debate to have about him, but Sicily is the is the big one, isn't he? He's uh, he's stepped on the uh, what the calf of um, Atley, Sean Atley, um, and just just a really dumb dumb thing to do. I don't I, look minimal impact, um, and and probably you know not not a big deal in the scheme of things. But he should just he should just cop a week for being an idiot, shouldn't he? Pistol. <laughs> well, I think that's. I think you you pretty much summarised it. He's either going to get zero or one week. I I don't think there's anything more than that, and it might just be a one week because it's a really bad look for the game. I mean, when you you consider Conor McKenna getting three weeks for biting, I mean, it, mm. you can look at the it didn't look like he even. I mean, biting is bad, but it didn't look like you know he ripped off his flesh. Like it wasn't like this insanely terrible thing. But you just don't want to see that type of stuff, and you, you don't want to no. see somebody stomping. I mean, stomping is a, a strong word for what happened, but you want to see somebody Stepping. purposely step on another person's, you know, leg, ankle area. So I think you're right. He's looking at a zero to one week, but I can't call which way that goes. And no. boy, am I mad, Nicey. Boy, yeah. <laughs> boy, <laughs> am I fuming. I think... Uh, well, you know, at, at the end of the day, Pistol, you you picked up Sicily that knowing that this is, this is exactly what's going to happen. It's happened... I know we haven't got the result in yet, but it's happened now twice, uh, twice in the first five rounds that he's he's gone and done something stupid, um, and it's probably not going to be the last time as well. Let's be honest. But but um, you actually traded Sicily back into your side, didn't you? Oh, I I just I can't believe it. Really, this year, 
I, I had to trade him out in round two when he got suspended. I traded him out in round three um, because I was going to cop a zero. So I traded him to Robbie Gray. So I was sitting pretty pretty happy with myself for the last couple of weeks because Gray's been dominating. And then I saw Sicily's price and I know how much I rated him over the preseason. And given I didn't really want to trade him out in the first place, I thought he's pretty good value. I can get a forward rookie off my field here. So I'm just going to do a, a sneaky quick upgrade um, and via Bonner and, and get in James Sicily again. I did, and I thought I was the smartest man in the world when I saw his uh, 123 points and him playing ridiculously well. And not only that, when uh, Dave Mira got smashed into the fence by uh, Cameron Zuha, mm. he didn't even join in to the punching match after. He, he kind of backed out, and I'm like, look at the man. Sicily has <laughs> learned his lesson. He is a changed man. We've got a top six defender here on our cards, and I was so happy. And then all of a sudden... We get the, the we get the charges results, and I see Sicily sent directly to tribunal. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> um, and you know, sometimes, uh, yeah, you can't change the nature of the person. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how Clarko reacts um, about this. I think uh, Sicily might be getting. <laughs> I think I'd be more afraid of the talk with Clarko than I would actually attending a, a tribunal. I think uh, that would be the scariest Absolutely. thing. But look. and it was po- what? Uh, sorry, as a positive uh, as well to note though, Sicily. We there were we did talk about on the podcast last week whether he'd play forward or back um, with the injuries to Cyril and, and Poppy. But um, he did stay back, which was which was good because that's where he gets the points. Yeah, and I really he's now scored over 110 three times from his four matches. As a defender, yeah. you just you generally don't get those massive scores. So in my mind, there is zero question over his scoring potential. If he was to play every game for the rest of the year, he's, he'd be in consideration for a top four defender even. But he just doesn't even seem like he's going to be able to play every game for the rest of the season. So it's a bit disappointing with how that worked out, um, especially yeah. for someone like myself that's... Trade him out and trade him back in, and I'm not going to trade him out. He's uh, he's staying in this time, but I'm more than a little mad about uh, what happened. Now tell me, nicey. Well, just wait and see on the result. Well, we will. I mean, if he gets off, yeah. I'll still be mad just because you can't be doing that <laughs> stuff on the AFL field. That's just no, not okay. Um, talking about stuff that you shouldn't be doing on the AFL field, Tom Mitchell. Um, Gave a cheeky little little bit of a elbow to Goldie's head and copped a fine. But what did you make of uh, Tom Mitchell's game? Yeah, just struggled a bit again, didn't he? Didn't he, Pistol? He, uh, he got some attention. Cunnington actually went to him at the opening bounce, which uh, which was interesting. I thought uh, I thought that North might be going down the path that Melbourne did last week with uh, with Nathan Jones going to him, but. Um, no, he got a got a bit of attention from Jacobs for the rest of the game. But um, yeah, just just disappointing that uh, that. This this man that once seemed untouchable is is uh, being brought back down to earth. And and again, Ben Jacobs probably the best tagger in the competition. But um, yeah, just disappointing with Mitchell. He, but he still played a role. He had he had sort of uh, what did he have nineteen disposals. So he did okay and and not a bad return uh, of eighty three points from that. But yeah, just disappointing with Mitchell. Hopefully uh, hopefully you guys didn't uh, didn't have the vice captaincy or the captaincy on him this week because uh, not a good idea when you're coming up against uh, North Melbourne and the number one tagger in the comp. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, he did have 75 points, so a little bit worse <laughs> worse than, than mentioned. But yeah, it's if you don't have Mitchell, then you've just got to grab him nicely. I think that's it's basically he's not going to be this cheap yeah. for the rest of the entire season. Maybe not this week, but definitely in the next two, three weeks, uh, you'd be if you don't have Titch, get Tom Mitchell into your side. It's that simple. Don't even need to think yeah. about it. Um, just grab him in. Now... We should mention uh, Dave Mirror actually played his second game, and after the first quarter where he did a lot of poor things, um, he was quite good. After the quarter time, I think he probably did enough to to hold his spot on the side for an extra week. I know they'll make a lot of changes given um, they got you know they got it handed to them by North Melbourne, but I think um, David Mirror has has done enough to to get off the bubble next week. So he's somebody that you should be looking at at least um, going into the next round. And on the North Melbourne side, there isn't actually too much to talk about besides Todd Goldstein, which we have mentioned um, before. Nicey, are you more in the, the camp of trading Goldie or keeping Goldie? Because he didn't play too much of a bad game. Yeah, it's it's 
a really, really tough one, Goldie. So he had the 17, sorry, 77 uh, Supercoach points this week, um, 31 hitouts, but only, uh, what have we got? Sorry, 12 touches uh, to Goldie. So he's not getting much of it. I tell you what, his his tap work was was fantastic, wasn't it? Pistol, like just just the way he was um, able to put it down uh, down the midfielder's throats. Uh, it was was sort of the gold scene of old, a little bit, um, or, or you know, a, a new gold scene. There was a bit of finesse <laughs> about him. Um, I liked it, but um, yeah, no, he's just not getting too much of the ball, and and it's yeah, I again, he's not someone that I would be targeting to bring in if if I didn't have him in my side, um, just because I think other players are going to other. Supercoach players are going to be looking at, you know, the top ruckman like as we were talking about Grundy, Martin, Nat Nui, those sort of those sort of boys. So he's not one that I'd be looking to bring in. If you had him in your side, it's a really tough one because um, he's not he's not playing badly and he's he's probably on the up. Um, if anything, really, um, I don't know. Yeah, what do you, what do you reckon, Pistol? Well, look, let's let's just go through his next couple of opponents because that might make yeah make the choice clearer. He's got Port Adelaide, who obviously don't really have uh, a dedicated ruckman. He's got Sydney against Cal Sinclair. He's got Richmond against Nankervis, who gives away some large scores and has this season and, and in the past. And he's got GWS against Dawson Simpson. So the next four games, I'd say, are pretty telling for, for Todd Goldstein. He's either, you know, if he if he fails over that four-game period, then you've You've probably you've got to trade him at his buy, and if he does yeah. well, then you're probably just going to end up holding him for the rest of the year or until Proust comes in. So, um, in my eyes, you, you either I don't know it's tough. You're either making the switch to Nick Nat because they're a similar price, or you're just reassessing um, at the buys. There's probably higher priority things with all the rookies on the bubble um, next week. So, yeah, I think I'm I'm firmly in the hold camp on this one, but. It's definitely, I can see why everyone's, you know, getting their knickers in the night. It, it's not a straightforward choice. Um, and I well, see... Well, and what... Yep, keep going. So, what, what what would you do if you do have Todd Goldstein? What would you do? He, I, I think he's probably probably going to drop about 30k again this week, which takes his total down to about four, so 450, 460. Who, who are you looking to upgrade if you don't have the cash to get a Grundy or... A, Obviously not cruiser, but um, one of those. Is it a straight swap to Nat Nui, or or what are you what are you doing? Yeah, I mean it would have to be a straight swap to Nick Nat because there's no other ruckman in the same class that has the same potential. It's 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 for me as well. It's Nick Nat or bust. But as I said, I think there's going to be too many rookies um, up for choice for for this week, and most people will be doing a I think a double downgrade or at least one downgrade, and probably not going to want to be spending the money on a ruck. Uh, ruck trade so um, there is one other major talking point about this game and we've got a decision to make here nicey JB pays a tax when Higgins gets sub 100 now I'm going to say Higgins scored 62 in basically a half of football he got KO'd right after the three quarter time surely nicey that's going to be fair play he was on track for a ton we let JB off or what are your thoughts on this one well, this this is a hard one for me, for me, Pistol. I re- I I like JB, and it was JB that first approached me to come on the podcast. Higgins is lined up, mate. Higgins has taken to the field. He scored sixty two points, and he's and he's taken a hit and and not been able to participate in the rest of the game. Would he have scored a hundred if he had played the rest of the game? Definitely, probably, <laughs> probably. We don't know this. I, I'm. I can't. I can't keep a straight face. I'm sorry, JB, but you, I think he's got. I think he's got a cough up. Oh, you're you're a hard taskmaster there. But um, I think the most surprising thing about that is uh, you remembered JB's name um, rather than. I was going to say it was it was it JB or was it Jizo? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should just both cough up. Jizo's <laughs> in on this uh, Higgins tax now. We <laughs> said they're the same person. No, and look, and I, I I've said on an earlier podcast as well that Fife is Fife is my man, and and if he scores below 100, I'm happy to do the same thing with Fife. But um, it's an easy easy sort of thing for me to to tell JB to cough up when Fife's scoring 151. But um, yeah, look, I I, I yeah. Look, he's he's played. If he was a late omission at the start of the game, different story. But um, no, he's 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 played. <laughs> there we go, JB. You've uh, heard it from the man himself. So uh, sorry, JB. We're looking for the tax this week. But uh, <laughs> let's go into the the final. I'd say final game of the rounds. But there's two more to play. But final games that have been played of the round: um, Brisbane Lions, Gold Coast Suns. 
Um, I don't know if you managed to catch this game nicely, but did you see the ends of this game? I, I didn't. I, I, I know the result of the end of this game, but <laughs> I, I hear Chizo, and this is Chizo this time, not to be confused with JB, but um, I hear Chizo's just um, rocking it. He's very happy with himself. He's got a new little nickname for, for one of the boys that, uh, that could have made the result go the other way. He is beyond proud of himself, so I'm going to going to let rip and also i'm really happy that we're building it up so much because then everyone will be way more disappointed so um i'm yeah, excited absolutely. about that so make sure you uh tweet chiso to tell him how disappointed you are but he is going around at the moment and uh obviously um cam rainer missed a shot um at the end of the game to win the match uh on the run and he's now going around calling him cameron sprainer so Get around that, Cameron Sprainer, and uh, tweet Chizo your disappointment. Uh, you can find him at Chizo oh, underscore D-I-S-E. That's really bad. It's a dad joke. Oh, it's that's a dad joke. It's not great, oh, but it's not great. He's a, look. Give the kid a break. He's <laughs> he's playing his first year of AFL football, and you go with that's that's daggers from Chizo. That's as that's as that's as it's savage as Chizo gets, isn't it? No, yeah, it's uh, absolutely. almost as low as uh, you forcing a. A JB to cough up on the, the Higgins tax. But let's move on to uh, oh, Dane Zorko. Zorko fair, has, fair play. <laughs> Zorko <laughs> has scored 37. So this is the second time he's scored in the 30s this season. Nicey. Are we at a mm. point now where he's lost all his value and you just ride it out and try and get him to M9? Or do we try and cash out now um, and trade into a Prima while we still can? What are your thoughts on uh, Dane Zorko? Yeah, well, he's in the same boat as Tommy Rockcliffe, isn't he? He's um, he's just put put owners in a really, really difficult sort of situation. Um, it's it's hard to know what to do with him because, as you say, he's lost so much value that you can you know bring him in for a rookie and and bank about a hundred k if that. So it's it's um, you know, it's really really hard to know what to do with Zorko, and he and he did have two really poor games at the end of last season. So hopefully these two scores of thirty. Um, are just his bad scores for the year, and he he goes on to to average sort of something in the higher sort of ranges um, from here on out. But um, yeah, it's just it's a it's a really hard uh, really hard decision with Zorko, and and obviously an easy decision in the fact that you would want to be trading him out. But but the problem is, what do you do? And it's just it's a kick in the teeth with the amount of value that you've lost, isn't it? Yeah, I mean that's it. It's you've put in such an uncomfortable position. I mean his other three scores besides his 30s have been you know 105, 92, 82. So it's not great, but it's not terrible either. I think if you can make some sort of swap with somebody like Heaney, I mean they're you're priced out now, but Jeez, if you yeah. can get something going like that, maybe it would be okay. But Oh, you're you're close to you're close to the just hold and hope for the best and hope for a yeah. Zach Merritt type bounce bounce back. Um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a very tough decision to make. So so he was tagged he was tagged by Tuke Miller um, for the Gold Coast Suns. He he um, had the ten touches, but you you had a little stat ten touches and what what was your little stat there, Pistol? Because it was it's a really interesting one. It's actually one of my favourite stats uh, probably ever. He had ten touches and had eleven clangers, so that's incredible. Um, he had more clangers than touches. He had six frees against, so that's how that's possible because a, a clanger counts as a free against. But I just can't think of another time where someone's had more clangers than. Possessions. Can you think of a time that that's happened before, Nicey? No, no, you're the stats man, mate. And if you can't think of it, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm lost. But um, yeah, no. If, and it went at fifty percent uh, disposal efficiency as well. So score of uh, score of thirty seven. It's uh, that's a, that's a low blow no. pistol. That's 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 uh, yeah, not great for for those that that backed him in. I mean, you're a Saints supporter, right? So surely you you would have seen uh, some high turnover players. I'm thinking of a, a pair of brothers that may have. Uh, I, well, yeah, no, actually, now that you mention it, mate, I did uh, did watch the Clark brothers go around for a while at St Kilda, so they they've probably had uh, they they may have yeah they may have they cut their fair share <laughs> had of that stat uh, yeah exactly yeah 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 very good so nicely let's jump into the teams uh, that have been named tonight so this is for the Wednesday matches which is uh, Melbourne Richmond and, and Collingwood Essendon do you want to take us through the Melbourne and Richmond ins and outs. Just gone one early there, 
pistol. It's uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night, oh. seven twenty-five at the MCG. Yeah, but um, right. that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. We've got uh, who have we got? We've got Dom Tyson, Sam Wiedemann, Billy Stretch, and Jaden Hunt are all in for Melbourne. Out, Sam Frost has been omitted, which is interesting. Tommy Bug also omitted. Bailey Fritch is the big one, unfortunately, for Supercoach players. Um, he has been omitted, and Jordan Lewis is out with uh, with an injury. Uh, for the Tigers, we've got Nathan Broad in, back after his a little scandal in the off-season. Sam Lloyd and Jack Higgins returns for his second game of the year. Out, we have Josh Caddy, Nick Gra- uh, sorry, Jack Graham, and Nick Floston um, with injury and suspension. So... I'm just looking at the emergency list for Melbourne because there's there's Hannon, Fritch, Petty, and Smith. Now, uh, Hannon and Petty did play um, in the VFL this week, which means Fritch obviously was held out, and so is uh, Timothy Smith. So, pending a possible late change, I think Fritch would be the go-to number one player to come back into the Melbourne side if there was a laid out. Um, so. That's something to keep your eye on if you are loopholing um, with him because you you don't want to cap, cap Captain Fritch by accident. So definitely look for those late changes to the Melbourne side. Um, Nicey, what are your thoughts on Sam Frost being omitted and Jaden Hunt coming back into the side? Are we going to see um, Michael Hibbard? I don't even know if I say of old or of new. Are we, are we going to see, let's say, a good Michael Hibbard or a poor Michael Hibbard? Well, your guess is as good as mine, Pistol. I, I who knows? Hibbard's just dishing up some some real inconsistencies this season. So it it may be a positive, it may be a negative. But um, Jaden Hunt's the one that uh, I think's probably going to have um, a bigger impact on his scoring. But we're, yeah, we'll wait and see. Who knows? I mean, pretty much as you said, anyone's guess is as good as ours at the moment. I think you'd probably be leaning towards Hibbert scoring poorly just because he, you know, he has been scoring poorly. But Jordan Lewis is out. Maybe he gets a bit more freed up. But I think the Hibbert owners are in for a rough time until they get to the buy and decide to trade, is my opinion. But um, let's move on to the the Collingwood versus Essendon game. Collingwood go in unchanged completely. And on the Essendon side, in comes Jackson Merritt and out goes Orazio Fantasia. So that is a uh, pretty... Pretty average uh, ins and outs for, for both of the teams. Uh, not too much going on there. But Matt Gelfie, Matt Gelfie plays his second match for Essendon. So um, that's pretty exciting. We've got a, another guy that will be on the bubble um, going to next week. Nice. I just had a thought while talking right now, um, which does tend to happen from time to time. If a player on this Wednesday match happens to do something scandalous, let's say mildly stomping on somebody's leg, and gets sent to the tribunal... If it gets directly sent there, um, what's going to happen? Because Supercoach will have started for the next round because we're going to assume you know it's probably held on Thursday night. Um, maybe a decision's not made. Maybe they appeal. I mean, Wednesday night games are very, uh, I'd say, unique. And it's got pretty big uh, Supercoach ramifications if there's some sort of you know suspension pending or tribunal. Um, <laughs> do you, what do you think will happen in that case? Oh uh, look, I don't think it's that big of a deal, is it? Is it really pistol? I mean, we've got so the Collingwood, um, Collingwood and Essendon will be playing. Collingwood have, uh, sorry, both sides have their game on the Sunday. Um, if you're a bit short for time, you just won't be able to trade in anyone from the Bulldogs or Carlton. But I, yeah, not not a big deal. I don't think. Uh, I don't think they're pistol. Well. I mean, look, you got me there because they both play on Sunday. But I guess maybe if you're trying to trade a Norton out and you're doing a Sicily swing and you wanted to get Matt Gelfie and you just like don't know if he's the player in question and it's just also confusing that maybe maybe something to keep an eye on. Just a little a little out the box there. Their thought. Just keep your Friday night free. I think is the, <laughs> is the advice that we can give. Um, so. Just uh, to summarize, next week, the likely players that will be on the bubble, if they are named, because there's going to be a short turnover between end of this round and the beginning of the next round, um, you're probably looking at getting someone like a, a Dave Mira, a Matt Gelfie, Zach Giles Langdon, um, if he's in, maybe a Kuniko in the midfield, if that's uh, something you know more, more your type. And even a Jack Higgins will possibly be on the bubble. So you've got five pretty decent rookies um, all available, possibly going to be available for a double downgrade next week. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely keep that in mind, um, Nicey. And 
I think that pretty much summarizes everything. There unfortunately wasn't any donations to the Cancer Council this week. Um, but remember guys, we do do the donate for donuts. If you do cop a donut, don't forget to pledge a certain amount and donate it. If you cop a zero, obviously, um, with Fritch out this week, it's possible that there will be some donuts going around. And if you are one of those people, um, feel free to donate to the Cancer Council. And if you just enjoyed the episode at all, uh, maybe have some positive feedback for Nicene <laughs> in one of uh, these early, in his uh, long, long career of his uh, podcasting career. Um, if you've got some nice feedback, uh, maybe donate and, and give a little little encouragement to Nicey. But otherwise, if you need to email us, we were pretty missing in action last week, actually. It was uh, quite a busy week, so we weren't able to get through all of the emails, but we'll definitely do our best for this week. You can catch us at drscpod, Pod at gmail.com. And if you need to tweet us or ask us uh, any questions, you can find all of us on Twitter. Um, you can find myself at pistol underscore drsc. You can find Chizo at Chizo underscore drsc. And you can find JB at JB underscore drsc. And uh, we'll uh, soon convert Nicey to hopefully get on board. Other than that, thank you for listening and hopefully you enjoyed the show. And uh, Nicey, any final words? Let's, uh, yeah, looking forward to these last two games, mate. And let's let's just see where our uh, uh, scores finish up for this week. I'm, uh, I'm pretty keen to get this round done and dusted. Awesome. All right. Thanks, community.